Welcome to the Real Estate Guys radio program. I'm your host, Robert Helms. Getting around other real estate investors is one of the most important things you can do to become better at real estate investing. How do you do that? Well, we've got some ideas for you today on the Real Estate Guys radio program. Hey, Russ, here's a long-standing riddle for you. How can you have your cake and eat it too? You eat your friend's cake and then save yours for later? Well, kind of. Actually, you deposit money into a life insurance policy. They pay you interest, then you borrow it back out for a net less cost than you're earning. In other words, you make a profit on the loan. Good debt. I like it. Do I have to make payments? Nope. Then you can spend the money any way you like. Wow. I can think of a lot of ways to take advantage of that. I knew you could, but we don't have time for that now. We just need to tell the folks listening how to find out more. To receive a free report on powerful cash management strategies through the creative use of life insurance, call Paradigm Life at 888 510-6838, extension 116. That's 888-510-6838, extension 116. Or visit beyourbank.com. Welcome to the Real Estate Guys radio program. I'm your host, Robert Helms. Thanks for tuning in to today's show. Let's meet our co-host, financial strategist, Russell Gray. Hey, Robert. How are you? Excellent. Happy birthday to you. Ah, thanks. Yep, it is that time of the year over the summer where uh, you and I both get older and feel smarter. Uh, we have, as you know, in the last few weeks uh, and months, had a couple of editions of Ask the Guys, which is your chance to ask a, a question. If you have a question for us, go to our website at realestateguysradio.com and click on Ask the Guys. We love those questions. We've got another one of those shows coming up. But one of the questions that has come up more than once is what we're going to base our show on today. And, and uh, I think this is an exciting topic. Getting around other real estate investors is a crucial part of developing your personal investment philosophy, understanding what's out there, coming up with a strategy and tactics that work for you and what you want to accomplish in real estate. And so the questions, I'll paraphrase because they've come from several different listeners over the last few months, is how do I find a real estate investment club? Are there still clubs that meet? Is it worth my time? What will it cost? What will they do? And what if I don't have it in my area? can I start a club? And this is something that we think is a an important topic. There's lots of wonderful real estate investment clubs out there, and there's also some that aren't so wonderful. And so that's our topic today. It's a huge topic. And, you know, really for a guy like me, I mean, you grew up in a real estate family, but if you want to get in the game and you don't have a circle of people that are into what you want to do, and you've got two choices, go find that group of people and join it or create that group of people. And for me, I, you know, I decided to create that group of people after I'd shopped around and tried to find something that was going to work for me. Uh, if you're fortunate enough in your area to have something that's going to work for you, great. But the purpose of today's show is to kind of talk through some of those different things. I mean, what makes a club work? For example, you have a club where people get together and it's an investment club. Right. They get together to invest. You have other clubs that get together and it's an educational club and they get together to learn. You have other people who get together and they are going to, you know, uh, maybe study a book or, you know, it's a discussion club. And yeah. so there's a lot of different ways to approach it. And then there's networking clubs where professionals come together. you got people in the real estate industry and some are brokers and some are bankers and some are agents and some are investors and some are property managers and some are inspectors and they get together. Right there's that kind of a club, and then there's the clubs that it's all about selling real estate yeah, or a, selling books and tapes. Yeah, pitch fest. We call this pitch fest. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Well, here's why: if they want to sell and you want to buy, what's the problem, right? right? So yeah, but you've probably been to an event where it's like pitch, pitch, pitch. Sell you this, sell you that, sell you. Okay, great. So part of it is understanding the why. So before we talk about the different clubs and the different styles and all that stuff, that's all very personal. It's going to depend on the club leader and the culture and and so forth. The first thing is. Why would you want to hang around other real estate investors? It's lonely sometimes as an investor. You're out there on your own investing in your own account, and it's hard to find good advice, and there's lots of great books. There's television programs. There's even some good radio shows on real estate. But <laughs> I've heard that. But at some point, it has to get down from the big level of why real estate and where opportunity is down to you and your personal investment philosophy and strategy. And so... To my way of thinking, the, the best reason to get around other real estate investors is so you can see what they're doing, what they're working, get ideas, right? That's why all industries have trade publications. They have trade shows where they come together. People in your industry get together. I remember I started in college radio years ago, and I inherited the keys to the music director's office when I became music director. And typically what's supposed to happen is the outgoing music director is supposed to train the incoming uh, music director over the summer. She was graduating, so I got the key and a note that said, good luck. 
And I had no idea what, what it, and so I went to this conference, and I'll, I'll never forget this. In the room were 250 other music directors from college radio stations, and it was nirvana for me. Yeah. Every question I could conceivably think of, someone in that room answered. And it was awesome. I thought, there's, there's a place for me. There's, there's hope for me. And it's like that for you as a real estate investor. We meet people who listen to our podcast and like, oh, I, I, meet you, I, I listen to you guys every week. We're like, awesome. That's one point on the curve, listening right. to us every week, and we appreciate that. But there's so much more, and especially when you want to get in a meaningful conversation with someone about a tactic that's working in a marketplace or where they think something's headed or a particular part of town that might be lucrative, there's a lot to learn and understand. Well, you know, I mean, in any creative work, you, you get people who sit around and brainstorm. If you're in marketing or you're in engineering and you've got to solve a problem or come up with a new idea, most of the time they don't take one guy and lock him in a room and just let him stare at the wall with a whiteboard and write ideas. Most of the time they get a bunch of people in a room and they start jibber-jabbering and they start talking and they start stimulating each other. You know, you talked about every question you could think of to ask being answered. I find a lot of times questions I wouldn't even ever think of get asked and it takes me down a whole new train of thought. So there's so much to be said. And then, you know, you opened up talking about this being our birthday uh, season. And I was thinking it kind of funny because, you know, 4th of July and all that. And, and you think about the founding fathers and these guys were brilliant men, but they were, you know, Je Thomas Jefferson was like 32 years old when he wrote the Declaration of Independence. And you look at their pictures and they all had white hair. Well, they didn't have white hair. They all wore wigs because they wanted to have that appearance of intelligence. See, here today, everybody dyes their hair and gets facelifts and lipo and all this stuff because we all worship youth and young, being young and virile and vigorous and blah, blah, blah. And these guys, what they really esteemed was wisdom. And, you know, back then they didn't have TV. You used to sit around and you'd go out and you would sit around and you would talk and you would work things out and you would have discussions, philosophical discussions, tactical discussions, and how does a problem get solved? And to me, the social side of it. Now today in the age of technology, we have a great benefit if we use it properly. People are forming communities in ways they never could before. You don't have to be a part of a geographic community to be a part of a demographic community. There are narrow pools of people out there that have very specific interests. I mean, we talk about real estate investing in a very big sense because we have a bigger audience, right? And we bounce from topic to topic. But I mean, there's probably people out there that all they do is flip single family homes in a certain area. Or you have people that all they do is they buy and hold real estate, or all they do is do real estate investment, or all they do is buy real estate investment trusts, or all they do is hotels, or all they do is group type syndications. And probably in the way you're able to find people who have like interests and connect with them virtually today can really turn into that you know, what Napoleon Hill calls your mastermind group, where you have a bunch of people who are studying a subject, looking at it from a lot of different angles, pooling their experiences, pooling their ideas, uh, solving problems together. To me, that synergy that you get of rubbing your brain, as we say, against other brains and dealing with the challenges. And I mean, have we had some challenges in real estate over the last few years? Oh my goodness. Absolutely. The market is changing at an amazing pace. And I don't think the pace of change in the world is going to slow down. I just think it's going to continue to be more wild, more economic swings, more changes, money moving from out of jurisdictions. It used to be state to state. Now money is flowing from country to country. And if you don't have a way to kind of stay plugged in to what's going on and interpret that information, figure, well, how can I, how can I take advantage of this? And the best way to do that is to become part of a social network virtually and physically that is dedicated to the topic of your greatest interest. Now, we get invited to speak from time to time at real estate to clubs. We've had our own investor mentoring club, which really is different than some clubs, but we've done that for 10 years now. So we kind of know from where we come, and we get to meet uh, leaders of other clubs, and they vary in their style and what their meeting is and what their economic model is and all that kind of stuff. But the, the big picture is, in your area, there probably is an investment club or two that meets. Now, some of them will meet regularly, you know, every first Monday of the month or whatever. Some meet on the weekends when they have a speaker come into town. Sometimes they do conference calls. There's a lot of clubs out there that are more virtual because of uh, the fact that their members are geographically dispersed. And then there's a lot of clubs that have fallen off as the market has and new clubs that are being formed. So I think a great idea is to go out and see what's out there and, and sample it. Most of the clubs have a guest night or allow you in, you know, as a guest to take a look. And that's a great 
great thing to do and you get to meet the people and understand what the club is. And a lot of the clubs are very educational in nature. Some are more sales in nature. So it's just depending on, on what you're trying to go for. But but I would go get out and get to a bunch of clubs and, and see Who's the leader? Are there more than one leader? What do they say? What are they talking about? What are the guests like? A lot of times they'll have a website where they'll show who the guests have been for the past few months or who upcoming guests are. Yeah. And you get a flavor for the club by looking at who do they have speaking and what topics are they addressing? Yeah, and, and that's huge. You know, So we talk all the time in your investing about having your personal investment strategy, your personal investment philosophy. It's really the same thing. You know, you're, you got to figure yourself out a little bit. And part of that is just sitting down and thinking through what am I really trying to accomplish? You know, where am I weak? Where am I strong? Do I have a lot of technical knowledge, but I need a little motivation? And you join a club that's more motivational. You know, me, I was a guy that tended to analyze more and act less. And for me, solving the deal flow problem was very, very important. I needed to be an insider. I didn't want to be an outsider. I, I didn't want to pick over everybody's leftovers, you know, on public directories of properties or go bidding and getting bidding wars where there's no value. I wanted to get a way to be positioned where I had relationships with people that had deal flow, add value to that relationship in such a way that I could get into the deal flow. And then I wanted to align myself with people who were more prone to action than I was because I tended to overanalyze. On the flip side, you know, one of the things that I bring a value is I bring analysis. I tend to think things through. And so I share that with people and that keeps me in the relationship. And so it's not just what you can get when you go into these environments, but think about what you can bring. Because yeah, you can bring your dollar and just go, okay, I'm going to pay my dues if, it's a, if that's the model. Some of these things are free because they're just going to make money on selling you and they want as many bodies in the rooms, you know, and you have to understand what the agenda is. Uh, and speaking of agenda, just kind of a little sidebar, one of the things I think is super important, you know, your father Bob says all the time, right, the godfather of real estate, the information about the relationship is available at the beginning if you choose to listen. He, here's a red flag to me. You know, there's a lot of people who will lead with education, but their agenda is selling. And to me, that's a kind of a bait and switch. It doesn't mean that you can't learn something and it doesn't mean they're bad people, but... Well, let me give you an example in case you don't have your mind around this. Free home buyer's night at Century 21. Well, it's obvious that they're going to teach you about buying a home, but what's the agenda? Now, that maybe isn't as hidden, right? right. That's pretty clear what it is, but still, they're living with education, and, and, a, and a great realtor is going to educate their client, but it's obvious what the agenda is. What I think Russ and I are on the same page about, the thing that we despise the most is what we would call hidden agenda. Absolutely. When somebody says, oh, I'm all about this. But in the real world, that's not the case. They're more about this other thing. And so that's why you go and you visit these clubs. And you talk not only to the leaders, but you talk to the new guests and talk to members. Look for people that have been around a while, right? How long you been coming? Oh, a couple months. You, a couple weeks. You, a couple weeks. Anybody been here for, for any amount of time? I've been here seven years. Okay, that's the guy I want to talk to, right? Yeah. And figure out who are the people. And then ask the questions. What 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 is this club about? And what do you guys think? And what's your philosophy? And how has it helped you? And if you were brand new in real estate, what would you do? And those kinds of questions. And you'll start to get what the culture is of the club. And you want to make sure that you find a club, or as we'll talk about before we're done today, start a club yeah. that has a culture that works for you, that is reflective of your values, that adds value to your life. There's a lot of wonderful club leaders out there that have, have started just as a passion, right? We know a lot of club leaders who they started having a meeting in their house and they had a few friends and then it got too big and they had to go rent a hotel room and they had to start charging a little money for it because they had costs. And then before you knew it, they have 200, 300, 400 people in a room and it becomes a big deal. And so there's a lot of economies of scale. There's a lot of possibilities. And as a real estate investor, you want to get plugged into as many resources as you can. So we think it's a great idea to shop for a club, to find a club, to belong to at least one, maybe more. And if you can't find one or you don't like what you do find, start one of your own. We're going to be talking about that and more today on the Real Estate Guys radio program. Stay tuned. I'm your host, Robert Helms. Real estate investment advice right in your mailbox. Sign up for the free Real Estate Guys newsletter at realestateguysradio.com. Hi, this is Bob Helms. They call me the godfather of real estate, mostly because I've been investing longer than the average Joe, since 1957 to be exact. Back when I started out, investing was pretty simple. Even so, I made more than my fair share of mistakes. And I can't imagine getting into this game today without some help. That's why I'm inviting you to check out the Real Estate Guys Investor Mentoring Club. There are three locations to choose from. Silicon Valley, Los Angeles, and Dallas, Texas. 
To find out when and where, just send an email to guys at realestateguysradio.com or use the feedback page on the website at realestateguysradio.com. Tell them the Godfather sent you. Live where you want to live, but invest where the numbers make sense. Even better, invest where you have a solid team to support you. We've been hearing great things about Memphis, Tennessee, and Terry Kerr from Mid-South Homebuyers. Since 2002, Terry and his team have been delivering turnkey rental property solutions ideal for out-of-area real estate investors. So if you're looking for affordable, trouble-free, turnkey investment property, call Terry. Use our resource hotline at 888-510-6838, extension 118. That's 888-510-6838, extension 118. Or find them in the resources area of our website at realestateguysradio.com. Hi, this is Kim Kiyosaki. I'm the author of Rich Woman, and you are listening to The Real Estate Guys. And welcome back to The Real Estate Guys radio program, the number one downloaded real estate podcast on iTunes. Thanks for tuning in to the show today. However you do that, if you're listening online, if you're listening on the radio, if you're listening on iTunes, we're just glad that you're listening. And a lot of our listeners have, uh, over the last couple of months, we've got several of these uh, inquiries about, hey, how do I find a real estate club and what's a real estate club all about and what are they trying to sell me and all that. So uh, we think, uh, real estate, we really like real estate investment clubs. We think it's a great way to get around people that are doing the same thing you're doing and uh, we were talking about the culture, and it's pro- probably us more than anyone you'll meet. We're very sensitive to this, and it's very important that you find a match. We talk a lot about personal investment philosophy. That's the idea that the reason and the motive and the tools that you have, you, as a real estate investor, are not the same as the real estate investor sitting next to you, sometimes even if they're married to you. So you need to get clear about what you want to have happen. When you get a group of people, they have different agendas, different motives, different ideas, and that's good in that you get exposed to different ideas, but you also have to not lose yourself in that. If you're not clear on what you want to accomplish with real estate, some fast-talking salesperson can convince you that their deal's a good deal. So to have that sales repellent, if you will, you want to make sure you understand what you're trying to accomplish. Now, eventually, see, people don't like to be sold, but they love to buy, yeah, right? I've never once been able to own a property that I didn't purchase, right? <laughs> you have to be able to buy the property and usually I want a broker involved, right? So, but it doesn't mean that, that real estate clubs are, are done by, by organized real estate, by, by brokers and agents. They're, they're not necessarily. A lot of different people decide to join clubs. Some of the investors that we know, they're just real estate investors and they just started a forum. Other times, someone who's a real estate attorney or a real estate broker says, this is a great way for me to meet people that want to buy. I remember the very first seminar we did out of uh, our first year of, of having a radio show all those years ago uh, was called the Income Property Workshop. Yep. And it was uh, an event that was just to teach people about real estate. And literally, at the end of the event, a guy comes up and he goes, all right, well, this sounds really great. Now, how, what do I do? Do you have a car? Do I call you? We're like... Oh, well, no, that's, that. that's not, that's not, we did, this is the radio show. We didn't yeah. have any agenda to sell anybody anything other than tickets to the event, which we sold quite nicely. And so it had us thinking, well, okay, there are different agendas. So over the years that we've been in this business, we've had lots of different types of clubs. We've had investment clubs where people join to do group investments together, real estate syndications together. It's a very high-level club. You have to have a high level of trust. You have to have a personal relationship for a lot of years. They were very structured, very exclusive, and so that was a a, a great club. We've had uh, more clubs that are more about selling individual properties where people would come into a room and it would be very efficient for a developer or a real estate broker to bring in uh, inventory that would be interesting to real estate investors with some pretty exclusive deals, and a room full of real estate investors is a great a target for that salesperson. Meanwhile, for the investor, you got paraded in front of you three, four, five, six different deals on a night. That would be very interesting to you. So we've run the clubs like that. The club that we have with the most longevity, probably our favorite club, is purely educational. Nothing gets sold. No property is ever sold. Books and tapes are only sold if we have a really great speaker that we really believe in. And maybe in the 10 years, we've had three times that we've had books or tapes or courses for sale. It's just pure education. And that's just part of the culture. So Part of this is if you don't find a club that fits who you are, then maybe it's time to start a club. Yeah, I, and that's absolutely what we did. You know, I was a seminar junkie, and that's how I found you, Robert. I was out there going to seminars, and I went to your seminar, that income property workshop. I attended that seminar. You know, saw, uh, how'd that work out for you? It worked out great. <laughs> right. I mean, I saw, I saw obviously what everybody else saw was a room full of people. It was a hot 
topic at the time and people were very interested and there was a lot of business opportunity. I looked for ways to add value to the relationship uh, with you and the business that you had. And of course I was in the mortgage business at the time and it made sense for me. But where we started that whole basis is, is, you know, we went away for a two day retreat and we thought through what we really wanted to create as far as a club. And the whole thing was going to be built around this club. And we called it a mentoring club because it was going to be about education, but it wasn't about us necessarily being the gurus. It was about us getting people together and we were the MCs and we would bring in guest speakers who had technical expertise in law, title, IRAs, mortgage, commercial, all kinds of different stuff, property management, guys that were flipping, guys that had been long-term landlords. We'd bring in all kinds of different people. Uh, we would uh, share the things from our experiences. We would pull people out of the audience and do case studies on people right out of the audience. Um, so one of the things that we came up with from a culture perspective is that if we kept opening the door to brand new people, then every person who came in the door was going to be at a baseline of zero education, certainly with respect to our culture and perhaps even with respect to real estate investing. So we had educational prerequisites. People, before they could get in the club, needed to go through these educational classes. Well, and we didn't at first. When we first started, we threw the idea up uh, at lunch at a seminar and said, hey, how'd you guys like to continue together once a month? And the idea was, hey, once a month isn't too much for a busy person, but it's enough to keep your head in the game. And so once a month, a little title company conference room, we did these events, and people would bring their friends. And what happened is a few months in, you'd be talking about uh, a property and looking at the cap rate, capitalization rate. And somebody raised their hand, what's a cap rate? Because they were a guest and they didn't right. know. No problem with that, except we found we kept slowing down the club to always be talking to the lowest the denominator, if you will, the person who had the least knowledge. So we thought, well, that's great that there's people that want to know that. So instead, we'll have a basic class you attend to learn the basics of real estate before you're able to be a club member. And that made for a more efficient club uh, environment. Yeah. And, you know, you can do it different ways. You know, you can you can pick out a book that you feel really addresses the basics of real estate investing and say prerequisite before you can come in the club. You need to read this book. You know, not a bad way to start, especially if you're someone who's think the last thing I want to do is get up in front of the group leading a book study. Yeah. That is a great way where you just get a group of friends that are interested in real estate, read a simple book on real estate, and, and you know every month read a book and just get together for an hour or two at somebody's house or at a coffee shop and talk about what you're reading in the book and what your interpretation was and what ideas that sparked and so forth. That's a real low barrier to entry way to get talking to other people about real estate investing. And when you get to get some critical mass, then you can invite some experts in, you know, and you, you, again, we talk about culture. One of the things that we despised was hidden agenda. We didn't like that. And the second thing was hard sales. When people came in to talk to the club, if we didn't pay them to talk to the club, they were there to generate business. We let the club members know, hey, this is a guy who's got expertise in whatever. And so he's here to earn your business, but he's not going to ask you for your business. He's going to demonstrate his knowledge. He's going to add value and rely upon what we call the law of attraction. And if you like what he says and you have a need for his product or service and you don't have someone in your life that you think is better than him, well, go ahead and engage him. Why wouldn't you do that? Well, that's such a different philosophy than the presenter who feels they have one shot at this group, so they sell hard right out of the gate. Now, again, we have a bent on that. We have a philosophy about that. But those clubs are successful, clubs that just continue to parade guys and gals in front of the room that are selling boot camps and classes and courses and properties. Yeah, and if you have control over your emotions and some guy who's a very uh, compelling speaker can come in and give you great information and you feel that you can control yourself and your ability not to buy on impulse, but to buy on, you know, what's really a fit for you, then you could be very comfortable in that. People go to auctions, people, people go, I mean, people go to timeshares all the time and they, they go because they get a free this or a free that, and it's worth it to them. Timeshare sales presentation. And then they go to the timeshare sales presentation and, and, you know, for the most part, you know what that's going to be. And if you're the type of person that can sit through that and you say, look, I want the free whatever, but I'm only going to buy the timeshare. If I really like it, not just because they won't let me get up until I've bought something, <laughs> right. you know, then, then, then that's fine for you. If you're the kind of person like, you know what, I don't want to be put through that. Then a club that has that kind of environment is a culture that isn't going to be a fit for you. And it's real important, especially if you're running a club that you set the tone by, by telling people, Hey, this is, this is what we're building these. And you let your speakers know, like when we do field trips or the summit at sea, we have conversations and we say, look guys, 
this is the way the culture is. This is the culture we're trying to create. And we kind of have culture watchdogs. So at the point when the club we had, the one club got to be like seven, 800 people. We had like 10 different facilitators and we had watchdogs. We had people who are looking for people who would join the club. I mean, if you've ever belonged to a church or a club and somebody joins that, like the Rotary Club or whatever, and you're all there to talk about business or do some strategic networking, and a guy is just in there recruiting or trying to pitch you or do something, you know, so we have actually written agreements about your understanding about how this works. So you can be informal about that, or you can be very formal like we are with, with written agreements. Uh, but it really depends. But the, the, the point I think that we're trying to make that's really important is don't underestimate the power of the culture. If you get the culture right for the kind of people you're trying to attract, they will come like flies or moths to a light. I mean, they will, they will come to you because the culture is so attractive. If it's ambiguous or uncertain or inconsistent, then people will come and go and you won't even understand why. Exactly. We're talking today about joining or starting a real estate investment club. When we come back, we're going to talk about putting a club together, if that's something that sounds interesting to you. We've certainly learned a thing or two about that and has lots of friends that have done that and have some ideas for you. And uh, we'll also play real estate trivia when we come back, a chance to win a prize on The Real Estate Guys. Hi, this is Lawrence Yuan, Chief Economist with National Association of Realtors, and you are listening to The Real Estate Guys. With all the talk about debt ceilings, defaults, and doomsday scenarios, wouldn't you like to be a fly on the wall in one of the business boardrooms around the world? Well, now you can. World-famous personal finance author and investor Robert Kiyosaki invites you to listen in as he and his Rich Dad advisors discuss critical economic trends. To get in on this behind-the-scenes look at the economy and what it means to you, visit realestateguysradio.com and click events. Or send an email to boardroom at realestateguysradio.com and we'll send you all the details. Don't miss your opportunity to hear what Robert Kiyosaki and his Rich Dad advisors are thinking in these tumultuous times. Send your email to boardroom at realestateguysradio.com. That's boardroom at realestateguysradio.com. Are you ready to take your real estate investing to a whole new level? Imagine spending an entire week with like-minded investors, world-class educators, and real-world professionals. Join the Real Estate Guys for the 10th Annual Investor Summit. It's part education, part inspiration, part transformation, and a whole lot of fun. And it takes place in four different countries. Returning this year are Rich Dad Advisors Ken McElroy and Wayne Palmer, international developer Beth Clifford, attorney Mauricio Rald, and the godfather of real estate, Bob Helms. Plus, joining us for the first time, Robert and Kim Kiyosaki, live and in person. It all begins March 30th, 2012 in Orlando. Visit realestateguysradio.com and click on the tab that says Summit to learn more. The Investor Summit always sells out, so reserve your spot today. Go to realestateguysradio.com and click Summit or call 888-GUYS-RADIO to talk with our Summit Specialist. That's 888-489-7723. 888-GUYS-RADIO. Spend a week with the Real Estate Guys, the Kiyosakis, and an all-star faculty on the 10th Annual Investor Summit. Hi, I'm Robert Kiyosaki, and I encourage you to listen to those wild and crazy real estate guys. They're the best. They're working for years, and they know what they're talking about. Welcome back to the Real Estate Guys radio program. If you want to hang out with Robert Kiyosaki, come with us on the 10th Annual Investor Summit at Sea. We leave March 30th next year. And uh, we're going to have an amazing week with Robert and Kim Kiyosaki and a whole bunch of the Rich Dad Advisors and other great faculty members. Find out more on our website at realestateguysradio.com. Just click on the button that says Summit. Before we get back to our show on joining or starting a real estate investment club, it is time to play Real Estate Trivia. That's your chance to win a prize by knowing today's trivia question. Actually, you have to know the answer to the trivia question to win the prize, which is an autographed copy of Equity Happens, Building Lifelong Wealth with Real Estate, our book on real estate investing, where we touch on this very uh, subject and many, many others. Here's what's going to happen in just a minute. I'm going to give you a real estate trivia question. That's a trivia question that has something to do with geography or real estate. As soon as you think you know the answer, send us an email to trivia at realestateguysradio.com. Trivia at realestateguysradio.com. Include your name, the answer to the trivia question, and your physical mailing address so that if you win, we can send you the book. The first prize goes to... 
the first person with the right answer, and usually a traditional radio listener. And then we take all the correct guesses from the week and have a drawing for this uh, another copy of the book. That way, if you are listening on iTunes or on our website, you still have a chance to win. Last week, we were talking about the debt ceiling, and uh, we had the question, uh, name the fourth largest economy uh, in uh, the world. Of course, number one, the U.S., number two, China, number three, Japan. We talked about those. What's number four? Germany is the fourth biggest economy. Here is our, at least it is currently as of this airing, right? <laughs> information is changing. Here's our trivia question for this week. Which was the first U.S. state to give women the right to vote? Which U.S. state was the first to give women the right to vote? There was a time in our country's history where you could only vote if you were of the male persuasion. Thankfully, that's no longer true. But who was first? Which was the first state? And and we're going to give you some grace here because there's actually two correct answers. So it's not just a one in 50 shot. Wow. If you want to take a guess, then uh, trivia at realestateguysradio.com is the way to do it, and you'll see what I mean about the two answers uh, next week on the show. We're talking about joining or starting a real estate investment club, a way to get brains together, folks that are interested in real estate investing. And I don't know about you, but I always find it great to talk to other investors, especially when they're doing something that I'm not doing. Yeah. Different marketplace, different strategy, different product type. I can learn something that way. Then I find someone that's doing similar stuff to what I'm doing. Great. We can have a meaningful conversation, and especially because... A lot of times real estate investors don't view themselves necessarily as competitors, right? Because you're not competing very often for a property. You might go a multiple bid on a hot property that might mean that we compete. But most of the time we can learn from each other best practices, ideas, referrals to providers, those kind of things. So we think it's great to get your mind around other uh, real estate investors. If you can't find a club in your area, the idea of starting a club is, is kind of a cool one. But you got to start with the why. Why would you be interested in spending the time and the energy and very oftentimes the money to start a real estate investing club. Well, I think the most important thing is that you really want to be a part of one and you can't find one that meets your needs. And, you know, if you are representative of a group of people that's large enough to make it a viable uh, operation, and it doesn't necessarily have to be a business. I mean, you could operate a nonprofit. It could be kind of this uh, affiliation, association, community type club. Could be that, your hobby. You know, or you could run it like a business. You know, we chose to run it like a business. We're entrepreneurs. That's the way we chose to do it. Uh, some people who are in the business of real estate, maybe a developer or a mortgage person or a real estate broker, might do it as a business expense. And they cover all the costs and let people come for free just because they want to meet people. You can decide exactly what what your, what your model's going to be. But you touched on something a little earlier that I wanted to come back to that I thought was really good because it's so funny. In this age of Facebook and LinkedIn, people have a very clear and graphic understanding of networking. Yeah. And people who weren't salespeople or business people before social networking came along really didn't understand. They would go to a seminar and they thought it was about the information. Right. Or you look at the summit at sea and people are like, well, you know, okay, so you guys, it's 25 hours of classes, but you know, I could take 25 hours of classes for a lot less money. Yes, but what you don't get is the relationship. What you don't get are the dinners and the, and the time in where things happen that are unscripted and could never be predicted. They happen because you're just two people together and, you know, not romantically, but entrepreneurial sparks. Well, life. sometimes you're so, out in the middle of the sea. Well, you know, what happens at sea, those stays at sea. But, you know, people who understand strategic networking get that. And when I can bring a group of people together that are of a certain demographic and are active in a certain space, they bring not only their ideas, but they bring their relationships. And that whole concept of six degrees of separation, when I need something, probably somebody in my current sphere is three or four steps removed from a person I need to know to access a deal, to solve a problem, to get to a resource, uh, or whatever it is I'm trying to accomplish. And of course, we see that all the time. And the radio show has been a great relationship builder for us because we, we get a chance to interview people. We call people up and ask for interviews. We get the interviews. We always try to go for a face-to-face -face interview because now we get a chance to build more of a relationship than you would on the telephone. You know, this is a key thing. If you, we're going to assume for a minute that we're not the only real estate show you listen to, right? If we are, great, but you might want to expand your network a little bit. And you will notice when you listen to radio programs and whether they're real estate or business that nine times out of 10, it's a phone in interview, which is great. We do phone in interviews from time to time. But if you listen to us for any length of time, it's pretty obvious that more often than not, we are face-to-face, belly-to-belly across from the person. And that's partially because we think it's better radio. 
when you look at somebody and have a conversation, it's a very different conversation than trying to figure out when one's done talking and so forth. So as an interviewer, I much prefer to be face-to-face. But there's a much bigger picture that, that we probably wouldn't talk about except in the context of relationships, which is what we think clubs are about. We have the time before the interview. We have the time after the interview. Once we've spent, once I've sat across from someone and looked in their eyes and had a real conversation, asking questions that they're interested in answering, it takes the relationship to a different level. It's the very reason we are in a great relationship with Robert Kiyosaki, and he's agreed, after many years of friendship, to come on our Investor Summit at sea for an entire week. That wasn't going to be the first thing we said the first day we met the guy. We spent time. He got to know us. We got to know him. We kept showing up. He kept showing up. We got to sit back and watch and see how he reacted to changes in the economy and business and personal situations and vice versa. A relationship is like that. It takes time to develop. And this is a good thing. You want to spend that time. And so it's not just a small point that we like to make it a face-to-face. It's it's kind of a big part of who we are. It's a huge point, And that's a big strategic decision decision you make when you decide to form a club. It's why LinkedIn won't do the trick. Correct. LinkedIn will, as great as it is, will never be the same as going to a meeting where there are other real estate investors that you can shake their hand, look in their eye, read their body language, have a conversation, and have a much better connection than, oh, you're my friend. Are your friends in Facebook really your friends? I mean, like your friends? Or are they just people that you somehow casually met? Yeah, I'll be your friend. I mean, really, when it comes to doing deals and and real estate, you want relationships with providers, not friends and acquaintances that you clicked on once. Well, when someone comes up and says, oh, I'm friends with, you know, Robert Kiyosaki. Okay, well, what does that mean? I'm friends on Facebook? Or does that mean you've been, you've had dinner with him? Does that mean he's been to your home? I mean, you've been to his home? What what does friends look like? What does that really look like? How deep is the relationship? What's the quality of the relationship? And at the end of the day... Social networking is still about connecting human beings, and to your point, Robert, there's a part of the connection that is in the real world. So we like to use the podcast and a lot of our internet presence, but we do live events. Now, if you looked at the financials on the live events, nobody's getting rich doing live events. Right. But we get to build relationships. And coming back earlier, where we talked about the concept of culture and how important it is, I believe the reason Robert and Kim are coming on our summit and dedicating an entire week of their lives, which still blows my mind, is because Kenny and Wayne have come the last two years, they've experienced the culture, and we have created a culture, and we didn't fabricate it to win Robert and Kim, it's just who we are, but we have developed a relationship with the Rich Dad organization because their mission resonates with our mission and vice versa. And, you know, we have a more narrow thing that we talk about, which is real estate, although we talk about it, you could argue, in a very large perspective, you know, other areas of finance. But real estate is the core. And to a large degree, Robert has always been, you know, a core of real estate. And he talks even broader about other things, entrepreneurship and things like that. But there's a culture. And when we, the first time we spoke at a Kiyosaki event and we got backstage with him and he said, hey, everybody, look, this is how I want this event to be. This is the culture. We were, we were like, this is great. It totally resonated with us. And so we said, we want to get closer to this guy. And so that point earlier that I made about the fact that, that when you lead with culture, it will attract the right people. The rich dad culture has attracted us and vice versa. And that's the power of having an event. And when you understand that, you might not ever have a radio show, right? It's hard work and heavy lifting to really put together a quality radio show and do what we do. Uh, some people who are in our club get to leverage that because we create relationships they get to dovetail into. If you're in our listening audience right now and you want a relationship with Robert and Kim Kiyosaki, we have made that possible for you. You just come on the summit. Now, that's not a pitch for the summit. That's just a reality of, of what we've done. And there are going to be certain people who choose to take advantage of that. Great. When you create a club and you've got 20 people or 50 people or 100 people, you begin to have a little constituency, kind of like a politician, and you begin to get powerful. And you can go out in that marketplace representing those people, and they can open doors for you. And you, by leveraging who they are, we call it the power of the group, will be able to open doors for them. And if you do that responsibly within the context of culture and you're consistent and people know who you are, you will begin to attract like-minded people. And then you get this funny synergy that begins to happen, a momentum that begins to build. And culture is the type of thing in a society that 
that just happens on its own if, if you keep that heartbeat, if the leader keeps the heartbeat and really stays consistent to that theme. And it's easy to lose that. So you want to think about it up ahead of time, what it's going to be like. We'll also talk about some of the things that are just practical things when it comes to building up your club and so forth. When we come back, we're talking about either joining or developing your own real estate investor club today on the Real Estate Guys Radio Network. I'm your host, Robert Helms. Hi, this is Peter Schiff, and you are listening to The Real Estate Guys. Are you ready to profit in paradise? Hi, it's Robert Helms. And if you think real estate investing means tenants, toilets, and termites, think again. Located just a short plane ride from the U.S., a virtually untouched paradise awaits. The beautiful country of Belize. When you go to Belize with the Real Estate Guys, you'll spend four fabulous days discovering one of the most intriguing real estate markets I've ever seen. With its jungle rainforests, pristine beaches, and 81-degree turquoise water, Belize is one of the most beautiful places on Earth. Plus, it's considered one of the top seven tax havens in the world. And why U.S. real estate continues to drop, Belize property is on the rise, and many experts think the best is yet to come. But don't just take my word for it. Come experience Belize firsthand at our upcoming investor field trip. When you join us, you'll discover the many reasons we love Belize, like tremendously undervalued beachfront land, super low taxes, ease of doing business, and so much more. Get the details at realestateguysradio.com. Just click on events. See paradise for yourself. Click events at realestateguysradio.com, and I'll see you in beautiful Belize. Hi, this is Kendra Todd, winner of The Apprentice, and you're listening to The Real Estate Guys. And welcome back to The Real Estate Guys radio program. We love to take investors to different cool real estate markets. We call those investor field trips. You can find out where we're going next on our website at realestateguysradio.com. Just click events and uh, you'll see some of the markets we're excited about and love to take you to and show you those markets so you can feel the real estate market up close. Great way to collapse time frames and learning a uh, real estate market. We're talking today about starting or forming a real estate investment club. We've talked about the different types of clubs and the culture, which is super important. Let's talk about some of the practical aspects of this. If you grow beyond your living room, then you're probably going to have to find a place to have a club. Now, there are some local restaurants and things that have meeting rooms where if everyone buys dinner, they give you the room, right? We've uh, had those kind of meetings and spoken at those kind of meetings. At some point, you get to, you need more consistency. You need to make sure that every second Tuesday you're in the same place and maybe the restaurant's not willing to do that for you. So you may have to go rent a room, a hotel room, a conference room, something like that. That's when you have to start thinking about the economics of it. Well, is this going to be a profit venture or am I just going to cover my costs? Right. Hey, the room costs 200 bucks. If we have 20 of us, it's 10 bucks a piece or, you know, we got to have a little more for insurance and who knows? So you got to start thinking about it from that end. We know people who successfully make a living having real estate investment clubs, and we know other people who are just practitioners, real estate attorneys, or just investors that kind of just do it as a labor of love, but what happens is they start to get the influence in the relationships you talked about. Yeah. See, when we have five people in our club, we're not going to get a very good CPA to come talk to us. When we have 500 people in our club, we're going to get a great CPA to come talk to us. And so that's the influence you can start to have. Now, one of the things we would caution you, having done this, is, as Stephen Covey would say, begin with the end in mind. When we started our club, we didn't really have a, a, a clear vision on how big it was going to get. We ran out of room at the title company where we were holding our, our meetings and thought, well, I guess we'll just start a second night. And before you knew it, we were doing five nights a month, and it became clear to us we were going to run out of nights. So it became bigger. We got to almost 1,000 members, and that was a very different logistical event than a few people over at your living room. I mean, we had professional sound and lights and multiple facilitators and risers and lighting. And I mean, it was a very different deal. And so think about, think through what it looks like to you. And maybe not to get to that stage, you got to put in some limits. Well, when we get to 75, when we get to 300, you know, if you read Malcolm Gladwell's The Tipping Point, he says about 150 is where you start to get factioning. And maybe that's okay. Maybe when the group gets to a certain size, you want to split off into clubs. When we started, we had two clubs. We had the short-term investors and the long-term investors. And then we realized there was so much in common, we just, you know, put them all together. Well, you talked about that concept of factioning and it goes back to culture control. You know, early on, we started with prerequisites how do you get into the club uh, we also had written agreements so that it was formal people understood that this is a club and which we recommend by the way yes our club private our club was private and there is a non-disclosure so you can talk about live deals and personal situations and everybody's on a, a non-disclosure there's a non-solicitation we did not want people joining the club and 
you know, soliciting people and creating an uncomfortable environment where you don't know if the person talking to me is, if I start a conversation with this person, they're going to start recruiting me to do this or do that or sell me this or sell me that. We have a non-circumvention so that if you're talking about a live deal, someone doesn't go around your back and take it. Uh, we have a, a commitment. Our deal is you pay your dues whether you show up or not, like a gym membership. So you're not buying a ticket to a seminar or a ticket to an event. You're, you're joining a program and you support it financially whether your schedule permits you to be there or not because the club leaders are going to be there. The venue is going to get rented and the guest speakers are going to come in and whatever all the expenses are, uh, we wanted to have steady recurring revenue. And so that's what we chose to do. Occasionally we've had sponsors who helped underwrite it, but very seldom because sponsors, when people sponsor, they came in with a feeling they really wanted to sell and the sponsor money wasn't important enough to us to violate the culture. So we didn't do that. Some it people- takes the, the right sponsor, right? Like for instance, if you're a person who's in the business and you think, well, this would be a great way to meet prospects, you can just sell them hard on your services from the moment they step into the room or you can just bring them in and educate them and pretty soon they go, wow, this is the smartest guy in the room. Great broker I knew for years taught at a community college and he taught basic real estate principles at community college for people who allegedly want to get their real estate license. It became his number one source of business as a realtor Yeah. because you'd sit through a semester with this guy and go, man, I don't know anybody who knows more about real estate than him. And if you wanted to buy or sell a house, you'd go, you know, uh, could you help me out? He did a ton of business. Now, it's not why he did it. It's not why he taught. He taught to give back. He taught because he was a great communicator. A byproduct of that was the business. So maybe for you, if you have business to glean, it's a byproduct. For other folks, it's the sole reason they're in the club. So you need to decide that. Like there's a lot of free clubs. If you go to a free club and they paid for a room and they paid for an event and flyers and all that, pretty sure they're going to try to sell you something, right? There's other clubs that have a mem- an annual membership and members pay a less price on the evenings and guests pay more. So there's a variety of ways you can go. Well, and there's another point about that. We have done some free events, almost never anymore. And one of the things we learned is that in the free event, there would be 99 people that probably weren't very committed didn't have much resources and they just bounced around from event to event. They were seminar junkies, but they never did anything, didn't have anything to work with. They just weren't who we were looking for to get to that one person. You couldn't find them. It was like looking for a needle in a haystack. And so we kept raising the price, the barrier to entry. And a funny thing happened. The quality of people got better. Their commitment to the program got better. Obviously our highest level event is our most expensive event, right? You come to the summit, it costs you three, four, five thousand dollars plus a week of your time. Well, here's the other side of that. When you're looking, going back to joining a club or forming a club, who do you want in your life? I mean, do you want people coming into the room who are the kind of people who are willing to write a $5,000 check and invest a, a certain level of commitment, right? If you, if you, if you charge $50 a month, you're going to get a certain caliber of person. If you charge $500 a month, you're going to get a different caliber of person. If you give it for free, you're going to get a different caliber. You decide. Now, in the beginning, you may have to start low and you can begin to work it up or you're going to have to explore a little bit. We had to explore a little bit and we have different groups and different price points. The investment club we did very high barrier to entry. We did not just want anybody. We wanted people of means. We wanted people of commitment that felt like they were going to be there and participate. They needed to get value back out again. You make them put a lot of money in, and this was went into a deal. This was just into supporting the club. They put a lot of money in. They're going to be serious about how can I make a profit? Well, I want the, everybody's brain obsessed with how I can make a profit because when everybody's obsessed with that, I'm going to get caught up in that and I'm going to make a profit. You bet. And then the other side is, depending on what level you're at, if you're a brand new investor and you just can't find a club in your area, you want to start something more modestly, that's awesome too, right? So there's no right answer or a wrong answer. It really is about what you're trying to accomplish and what culture you're trying to create. And that's going to depend on not only who you are, but who you have around you. Who are all those affiliates that you might have? Who are vendors that might be able to provide content? One of the questions that comes up is, how do I know what to say? How did you get some content? Well, we gave the idea of having a book study, right? We know there's, there's, there's a gentleman who's in our mentoring club who has asked us occasionally for a section of our presentation to go home into his market, which is in several states away, and he teaches a little you know, version of our club. Awesome. We have people who download the radio show, have five or six friends listen to it, and then they have a little discussion either on a conference call or face-to-face. 
You can do it with reading a book, reading an article. You go to a seminar. You're the one who's investing the time going to the seminar. You take some notes. You come back and put together a, a, a little seminar. We're hoping to build resources in the future for you to be able to lead a club without having to be the person that knows it all. And I think that's one of the big things you need to understand is you don't have to be a guru or this magnificent real estate investor to have a club. Many of the most successful club owners and operators that we know are people that just are curious students, and they just have the gumption and the willingness to put something together, and they become more the master of ceremonies of the event, and over time, guess what? They do become good at something, and they do have something to teach. Well, but they also get to meet a lot of amazing people, you know, and but really their core strength is facilitation and logistics, you know, so they, they answer the phone, they do the customer service, they collect the money, they reserve the venues, they book the speakers... Uh, they do the, you know, if you, if you're a little nervous about public speaking, if all you do is introduce somebody and sit down and let them talk, that's great. Your club might be about presentation. It might be about discussion. There might not ever be a formal presentation. You just put a few open-ended questions, break people into groups, and then have a group leader stand up and share a little bit about whatever the consensus of that group was and then bounce that around. I mean, so many different ways you can do it. The point is it isn't necessarily about the information. It isn't necessarily about any one way to do right or wrong. It's about getting people together and becoming part of a community and that camaraderie that you have. And that's what's going to get you through the ups and downs because there will be downs in real estate. Oh, and there have been and there will be again and it'll be ups and it'll be great if you have people to share it with. We love the idea of joining a real estate investment club. We certainly think that uh, it's a great uh, form if it's done correctly. There's some snakes oil salesmen out there, but uh, you know if you're careful, uh, you'll be fine. Uh, we put together a report. If you're interested and if you're serious about uh, putting a club together, I think we've learned a lot over the years. Uh, we prepared a report called 12 Questions to Ask Before Starting Your Own Investment Club. So this will just run you through the things you got to think about, some of which we talked about today, some of which we didn't have time for. If you're interested in that, it's free. Just send an email to club at realestateguysradio.com. Club at realestateguysradio.com. No salesman will call. Club at realestateguysradio.com. Hey, thanks to our sponsors for supporting our program. Thanks to Chathan, our engineer. Thanks to you, our listener. Tell a friend about the Real Estate Guys and go out and make some equity happen. This episode of the Real Estate Guys Radio Show is brought to you by Paradigm Life. Powerful cash management strategies using life insurance. Learn more at beyourbank.com. Mid-South Home Buyers, low-cost, turnkey cash flow properties in Memphis, Tennessee. Texas Investor Homes, discover high-yield, low-risk, double-digit cash on cash returns through interim construction funding. Hassle-free cash flow investing, creating cash flow opportunities for real estate investors with brand new single-family homes in Dallas, Texas. Corporate Direct, asset protection strategies for real estate investors from attorney and rich dad advisor Garrett Sutton. Find these and other great companies under the resources tab at realestateguysradio.com. To learn how you can expose your product or service to the Real Estate Guys audience, call 888-489-7723, extension 4. That's 888-489-7723, extension 4. Or use the feedback page at realestateguysradio.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week right here on the Real Estate Guys Radio Show.